0: and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. it's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We're going out to the Brown and Cribbin Celebrity Line to be joined by the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, at Chris Kerber. Appreciate his time, as always. Kerbs, how you doing today, man?
1: Brandon, doing well. How are you guys?
0: Uh, doing very well. Let's start out with the obvious from last night. It was a very nice reception for David Perron as he made his return here to St. Louis, uh, curbs, I'm going to leave this a little open-ended for you, but you have watched basically every moment of David Perron here in St. Louis and his time with the blues. How do you think he's going to be remembered when we get five, 10 years down the road and you're able to talk to your kids about it and you're talking to your grandkids 20 years from now, how are you going to remember David Perron's career here in St. Louis?
1: Uh, I, th- I think it's obviously going to go, you start with a Stanley cup champion, you talk about a player that started his career with the Blues, wanted to come back not once but twice. Uh, loved the city, understood the history, uh, connected with, uh, with with some of the, the great alumni like Bobby Plager, Understood what the franchise means to the city, and someone that fell in love with the city. I I eventually see David Perron as a Blues Hall of Famer, and uh, and and it's going to be a great moment. The, the reception he had last night was as good a reception. And I've, as I've seen any player get since I've been with the blues, it was really impressive. The, the cheer in the crowd was so loud. You couldn't hear the audio from the video board and, and it lasted and it went longer. But what also really stood out to me was every single blues player coming off the bench to, to acknowledge him. And, and to me, that was a, another really cool moment. So, there are standout moments of just respect between a player and a, and a fan base. And I thought Joe Vitale put it best, and I know I'm going to paraphrase, but when he when he mentioned it, look, you bring your work boots and you bring your passion and, and you find success in this town, and it's such a great sports town. The fans will love you, and they, they have had a great relationship with David Perron, and I think it's one that will stand the test of time.
2: Kerb, speaking of effort, there was a play last night by Colton Pareco that really stuck out to me, and Joe and I broke it down on postgame, but I, I am curious your thoughts. Pareco makes a great defensive play in his own zone, then goes the length of the ice all the way into the offensive zone cross-checks a player down so that he can get to the front of the net for a scoring chance. Yes, he took a penalty, but man, that was a difference-maker moment there for Colton Pareko. And we've seen this trend now, I believe, since the the, the San Jose Sharks game prior to the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think the pressure's off, which helps with uh, certain players on this team right now. You play that loose. How many times have the Blues been like the team with the the target on their back and you're playing a team that doesn't have anything to really play for, but pride. And they're those dangerous teams to play, right? Well, the blues are finally one of those teams playing for pride that are becoming mm. that dangerous team to play. Uh, and, and in doing so, you, you hope that some of the vibe and some of the style that some of these guys are realizing right now is what they take into the off season and then bring into them in, into next season with. Colton's had a challenging year. So many players on this blues team have had a challenging year from a confidence standpoint. And I thought Craig Berube addressed it well with Grant's question yesterday. And, and he talked about it just being a mindset, but you're seeing Alex in in, in times when you're seeing this guy as a player that to me, uh, you know, is, is why there's that value and why I didn't see the blues being willing to let him go at the trade deadline, you know, there's another thing. To, I, I just I keep going to this. You know, the first eight years of Jay Bollmeister's career, he didn't make the playoffs. And go look at some of the offensive numbers comparing the two. You know, you're talking about a guy in Josh Morrissey who has jumped onto the Norris Trophy scene and this year and, and getting no recognition, even thought of a Norris Trophy prior. He's in his eighth year. Alex Petrangelo won a Stanley Cup with the Blues as, in his 10th year. Colton Pareko's in his eighth year. I mean, I, I still just believe there's room to continue to grow and, and, and figure it out, and and he's doing that. In the meantime, he's still averaging 23, 24 minutes a game, and 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 playing some pretty good hockey, you know, for the most part. So, uh, yeah, it's been a challenge in your confidence wise, but you see that player that we've seen lately a lot more often. People are going to be going, "Whoa, that's the guy," you know, and you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if we find out somewhere down the line here that Colt Pareko. Uh, has an opportunity to represent uh, to represent Team Canada at the, at the World Championships because the Blues are out of the playoffs.
0: Chris Kerber is the voice of the Blues. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, we've had the opportunity to watch a little bit of Joel Hofer over the last few games here in St. Louis, and I've liked what we've seen. What is there not to like, honestly? Ninety-six percent save per- percentage so far. Uh, that you don't expect that to, to sustain, but you like what you're seeing between the pipes from him. What do you think the plan is with Joel Hofer the rest of the year? Do you keep him up, give him some opportunities up here in the NHL? Do you uh, want to send him back down to get the opportunity to be a part of the team in the AHL as they're pushing for the postseason? What do you think the plan is with Joel Hofer in your mind?
1: I, I think Brandon it's going to be a little bit of both. And what I've also liked with this team is how, because they've had that young goaltender in, how they've put a little extra focus in defending the middle of the ice. That's been a real noticeable difference. Uh, but, uh, look, Joe Hofer has come up and done exactly what you would hope he would. Come in, look comfortable, look good, give the team a chance to win, uh, play extremely well, you know, and and now at, at the same time, okay, keep in mind, but think of the, the teams that he's played here, you know, and, and put that into perspective. So always keep, keep the sample size and the opponents in, in, in check here. But I, I don't hang that on the goalie. I think he's done a terrific job. The best part—the best part of this story—is he was called up under emergency conditions, which means as soon as Bennington is ready, they'd have to go back down. So they kind of essentially had to take him off the emergency and use one of their regular recalls to keep him here. And he earned it. So to me, this is—this makes sense. They've got Hofer up here. They're giving him a chance to get a taste of the National Hockey League. They're giving him an opportunity to see what it's going to be like—a little more travel, you know, with the team. Uh, they gave him a home start, a couple of, you know, a couple of them, which is fantastic. And, uh, and then he will eventually be going down to Springfield at some point in time to carry the load for that team down there and get that more experience. But what you're seeing and the exciting part is because he's under a one-way contract for next year, you're seeing the future of the St. Louis blues with that goaltending tandem of Biddington. Who's who's what second most starts of anybody in the NHL this year and, and Hofer. And you got to think, man, You're going into a retool and a slight rebuild. When you've got goaltending, you're going to give yourself a chance. Because if you look at the Edmonton Oilers, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, go back and look at the St. Louis Blues in the early 2000s. You know, having the goalie makes all the difference in the world, and that is a huge thing. You've got to be really excited for where this team is in that position. Over the next upcoming couple of years.
2: Kerb, speaking of that retool, I remember Doug Armstrong speaking after the trade deadline and them talking about the upcoming off season and him saying, you know, with Bucnevic at center, it'll give us an opportunity to be flexible and maybe if we need to find that centerman or a winger in the off season to fill out that top nine. I know there are still twelve games left and Bucnevich has played pretty much every game since then at the center spot. But in your opinion, do you feel like that? you're leaning more towards a centerman in the offseason or a winger in the offseason?
1: Well, he's played seven straight games now in that center position. Uh, he's studying face-offs. He's working with Steve Ott. In my opinion, this really comes down to a conversation uh, as you get down the stretch here and as you finish out this season between Pavel, Craig Berube, and Doug Armstrong. If the player's committed to learning center and playing center, then you can have that flexibility of going for a winger. If you really get the sense that he's not on board, he's going to be better on the wing, then I think you're going and looking for a settlement. So I think, I, I don't know that you have an answer to that, Alex, yet I think you're still just trying to let this play itself out and then you use the input of the player to help you determine that.
0: Curbs, we appreciate the time as always. We'll be looking forward to talking with you again next week. Enjoy your time up in Detroit. Enjoy this upcoming road trip as well. All right, guys. Have an awesome week. Talk to you next week. See Thanks guys, for adjusting
1: today.